Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? It's so, so, so good to see you. I'm glad that, that you're here today. I hope that God is already blessing your life. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord with people, a part of the body of Christ? Isn't that awesome? It's a privilege that we get to do this, and I hope that we never take that for granted. We're in the middle of uh, our month that we call Love Gives. We do this every November. We've been doing this for a long time, about I'd say about a decade we've been doing something called Love Gives, but uh, one of the things that we're doing, hey, by the way, did you guys bring coats to give away? Yes. Some of you got some really nice coats on that you're going to be leaving as, as you leave here. That's awesome. I'm going to, you know, so anyway, I, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of special. You don't, you don't know what, um, uh, what, people don't know the story of your, does your coat have a story? You know, is it just one of those coats? My, my coat has a story. My dad, uh, was uh, uh, my dad passed away about uh, about uh, two three years ago, and uh, he called me. We knew it was coming, and he called me, and we, you know we had the grieving process. But toward, towards the end, he called me and said, "Son, I want you to come see me because uh, you know I want to give you some stuff." And uh, you know, uh, one of the and I'm thinking, man, he's going to give me one of his guitars, or he's going to give me he's going to give me some of his guns, or he's going to give me. So I show up, and he gives me two coats. And I'm like, <laughs> I really appreciate these coats. But anyway, my, the, he gave me two of the exact same coats. So I was looking at some of the coats I want to give away. And I didn't, I, 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 you can talk to my wife. I struggled with giving this coat away. I was just like, I want to keep that one. That's what good. It was a, you might see it out there. It's a card heart, uh, insulated with wool and, and looks like fleece on the inside. I was just like, you know, I don't know about that. But, you know, it's got a, what I got to thinking about who that's going to bless. Yeah, amen. Somebody's going to wear that coat. It's a size extra large. I better not see anybody wearing it as they leave here. It's a real nice coat. Somebody's going to wear an extra large card art coat to work, uh, and, and they're just going to be blessed by, you know, that passed through my father, through me. Uh, that's, that's the way I, my shoes have stories. And I've been giving away, you know, we gave our shoes away. And uh, some of my shoes that I gave away, I was telling, I think my daughter or, or my son the other day, they were talking about some of the things and some of their experience, I said, you know what? I got shoes older than you. you know? <laughs> my, shoes, my shoes got a story, but some of the stories that, you know, everything that we're giving away, uh, the people that we're giving to, uh, they have stories. And if you've been a part of our Bikes for Kids, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to set up the small auditorium, the kids area over here. We're going to set that up as a store where we're going to give away bikes and shoes and coats, and helmets, and blankets. We're going to give away blankets this year, and we're going to be giving away food. So, uh, but, you know, I asked them, I said, hey, could you give me a couple of letters of some of the kids that are asking for bikes? And this is filled out by their grandparents. This is filled out by their parents. Every now and then we get one filled out by a kid. If I find one of those, I'm going to read that for you. But th uh, these letters, we sent out about 10,000 letters to 22 different schools, in Pottawatomie County, and uh, we get back, uh, we get back a number of these, and we have to go through and figure out whether or not they qualify. Sometimes they're too old, sometimes they're too young, sometimes they got a bike last year, and they're working us. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> I, it's okay. I appreciate that. I, I admire their, I admire their spunk. But you know, we have a database for all that. But we qualify him. But this guy, we'll call his name Zach. Uh, his mom filled this out. I believe it says he's been through a lot throughout uh, the pandemic. Uh, he had to miss a lot of school last year due to what was happening with him. 
and uh, his mother. His mother, she says, I had to quit my job because he had to miss school so much because he had COVID. And his father uh, is working, providing for both families. They're struggling right now. And uh, they have a lot of, lot of bills. And it doesn't look like... Sorry. This is why I don't read the letters. <laughs> doesn't look like they'll have a Christmas this year. But I'm telling you right now, Zach's going to get a bike. Amen? So, we'll have you read these next week. <laughs> All right, um, we'll call this, uh, we'll call her name Sally. She's the youngest of six kids. Six kids. Six kids. Uh, she is always taking uh, everyone's hand-me-downs. So she's the youngest, and she gets the leftover bikes. And uh, she said she... He, uh, says that Sally really appreciates whatever she can get, but she would really love to have her own brand new bike. How many of you know she's getting a bike this year? Isn't that awesome? Um, Benjamin, I'm sorry, his name's not Benjamin, his name's David. <laughs> That's why I don't read the letters. <laughs> Live television, okay. Okay, so David, um, he loves riding bikes, unfortunately, has three siblings and all have to share one bike. So all of them have to share. How many of you know that? That'd be chaos. Three siblings, there's, there's some fighting going on and their bike recently broke. So now the bike that they all share, uh, they, can't, they don't even have a bike. And she says, I'm a full-time student and uh, her, his dad has a full-time job, but things have been very, very tight for them, and it doesn't look like they'll, have, uh, they'll be getting anything for Christmas, so they would really appreciate a bike. So how many of you know that David is getting a bike this year? <laughs> Amen? So I just, I wanna, here's why I want to tell you this. I want to tell you that every single kid has a story. And of, of, of about 10,000 letters, 12,000 letters that are sent out, there's about four to 500 that, that make it to us that have stories that we feel like, you know, this is, this is something that we can do something about. So I don't know if you've been thinking. I want you to think about what you can do. Next week is our Love Gives offering. And whatever we bring in funds about 85 to 90 percent of Bikes for Kids. We have some uh, community funds that come in. We have businesses that help us and partner with us, and that's awesome. But most of this is done through Faith Co. Church. So be thinking about that. If you haven't given it, you can give to Bikes for Kids at any time. Up in, you know, People give to Bikes for Kids all year round. But this is the season that we do it. Be thinking about it. You know what? I, I can buy a bike. Uh, we average The average for a bike is about $85 a bike right now uh, because of all the stuff that's been happening They've gone up about 20%. Plus, we're having trouble getting some of the sizes, but we're working on that. But here's the deal. I want you to think about every single kid that you can buy a bike for, okay? We, it's, it's not just we're just giving to this cause. Be thinking, I want to I buy 10 kids a bike. I want to buy five kids. Whatever that looks like for you, it doesn't matter the amount. Just think about this because every single kid has a story. Is that Okay. Let me kick uh, this message off with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for all your many blessings and thank you for the opportunity. Your word says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is such a blessing to, be, to give and be a part of this, whatever we give towards through your church. Thank you for that. We love you. Bless us as we dive into this message today. In Christ's name, and everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, love gives. Faith Co. Mission, we are a body of believers. We are a church that is committed to make disciples who love God 
connect with others, and reach the world. Say that with me. Who love God, connect with others, and reach the world. So through Love Gives, we're talking about the part of our mission that says we're reaching the world, and nothing reaches the world more than generosity. I want you to know that generosity makes a statement. Generosity says something, and what it says speaks louder than words. Our generosity, your generosity, it speaks louder than anything that you could ever say. Well, today what I want to do is I want to go to a parable of Jesus, and as he shares this parable, we can see the meaning that's, that's, that's on the surface, but I can see that there is a message of generosity that I want to go to and I want to talk about today. And if you have your Bibles or if you have your smartphones or whatever, write this down in your notes, Luke 10 and 25, Luke 10 and 25. Have you heard the parable about the Good Samaritan? Most of us have. If you haven't heard the parable about the Good Samaritan, you've probably heard somebody say, well, he's a Good Samaritan or she's a Good Samaritan. This is where this story or where that whole phrase comes from, Luke 10 and 25, and let's read it. It says, one day an expert, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of the strength, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. A better translation of that is do this and you will have eternal life. The man wanted to do what? He wanted to justify his actions So he asked, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked, and who is my neighbor? So I want to just pause right there for a second, and I want you to notice that this is what we do so many times in our lives. We we want to to lay out who we are, we want to lay out how we live, and we want to show God our paths, and we want to say, hey, Lord, uh, this is how I live, this is who I am, now will will you accept me for who I am? I want you to know that God accepts us wherever we are, but that's not God's ultimate for our plan. He wants to take us somewhere else. Will you justify my lifestyle? This is how I live. This is the decisions that I make. This is who I am. I've got my own way of living. Now, I just will you justify and will you, will you put your stamp of approval on how I live? Instead of conforming to his plan for our lives, sometimes we set up our lives and then we want God to bless our lives the way that we are, to accept us for who we are. But instead, as he always does, Jesus challenges our lifestyle. This guy who was an expert, this Pharisee who was an expert in religious law, who everybody looked at as he stood up and made this proclamation and quoted Old Testament law, and then he tagged something on there to love your neighbor. Like like Jesus has said that, he probably heard it, he quoted the Old Testament law and then quoted what Jesus said So everybody could see what he was saying, and Jesus still challenged him and came back with this. And to answer his question, Jesus said this. So Jesus replied with a story. He said, a what man? A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. There's a reason why I wanted you to say that. 
I'll explain it here in just a second, was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by OSU fans. <laughs> did I say that out loud? Okay. They, they Listen to what they did. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and left him half dead beside the road. These bandits did. And by chance, who came by? A priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed on the other side of the road. He avoided him and passed by him. And then a what? A, a temple assistant, which, which in the Old Testament, that was actually called a Levite. A Levite walked over, and, and, and he was like a volunteer in the house. He looked at him lying there. He walked over. He at least walked over there and looked at him. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw him, he felt compassion on him. So Jesus gives this example of love that, that we can see here, clearly see what, what the, the, the parable is about. But if we look a little bit closer, I believe that we can see a hidden message of generosity. You see, Anytime we read the scripture, this is, this is for me, okay, and, and hopefully this is something that you can associate with, but anytime I read something from the Bible, I ask myself three questions. Number one, who, it's, it's, I call it the, the who, what, and why part of the message. It's, it's kind of like this. Who is the audience? What is the context? And why is it mentioned? You have to ask yourself, when you read something in Scripture, you have to ask yourself these questions because not everything applies. Oh, oh, here we go. So number one, who is the audience? Who was Jesus talking to? The reason that we have to answer that question is because not everybody, or Jesus didn't talk to everybody the same way. He spoke to Pharisees more harshly, and he held them to a higher standard. So that is why he told this man, he asked him to, to, to reference the law. He didn't talk to sinners this way. He didn't talk to regular people this way. So we have to ask him, who is the audience? The audience was a Jewish leader. There were probably many Jewish leaders there, experts of Jewish law, and probably some other people within the audience. The next thing is, what is the context? What do I mean by that? What is the subject matter? A lot of times we can take things out of context. We see this so many times when people want to back up their belief system or they want to back up uh, you know, their agenda for how other people should live. They, they drop scripture bombs on people. And a lot of times, most of the time when we do that, we take it out of context. So what is the context? Because remember, all scripture is useful but not all scripture is applicable to our lives in every way. Are you with me? All you have to do is read the Old, Old Testament law and say, okay, that doesn't necessarily apply to me, but it, it is still useful. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the context? We have to ask ourselves, when thinking of context, we have to ask ourselves, what's going on here? What is the subject at hand? What is the underlying issue? We can see that this man is this, this religious leader is asking a question about Old Testament law and what I got to do to inherit life, but Jesus bypasses every bit of that, and he addresses, addresses the issue at hand. And with this, the issue here is pride. Jesus does it every single time. Jesus went straight to the issue of the person's heart. 
A lot of times we think, we think that this is the issue or this is, this is what I, I need to know. Like many people in the Bible that would approach Jesus, they would have a question, but they also had an agenda. They brought the question. They brought the agenda. They wanted acceptance. They wanted approval. And Jesus broke through every bit of that. And he said, now let me tell you what your problem is. And that's what he was doing here. I'm thankful for that. Here was the problem. And this is what Jesus was challenging. The issue was pride, that Jewish people take care of themselves. We are people of covenant. We, have, we are heirs. We are, we are descendants of, of our father Abraham. We have a God covenant. Nobody else has what we have. But Jesus would challenge that in this story. He was challenging them to love and to be generous to people that weren't like them. It's easy to love people who aren't like you. Imagine being Jewish people, when Jesus said to them, if you want to be better than other people, love your enemies. Or if you want to do better, if you want to follow me, don't just love people that love you. Love your enemies. In this particular parable, we can see that Jews looked at Samaritans like dogs. They literally would reference them as dogs. You wouldn't have any, if you were a Jewish person, you wouldn't have anything to do with a Samaritan. Why? Because centuries earlier, Samaria was the capital city of Israel, but when it fell, what happened was the Jews that lived there did not abstain from intermarry with other people that weren't like them, especially that you would not marry somebody that was your enemy. So what happened was through centuries, there were these people that weren't purebred Jews, and they would look at them because they lived in Samaria. You're, you're not as good as I am. So imagine this. Imagine this this audience of mostly Jewish people, including Jewish scholars, including uh, Jewish teachers and leaders, where, in this, where Jesus tells a story of a Jewish man who's robbed, beaten, left for dead. And then Jesus says, some, of you, some people like you came up to him, you, people like you, priests, experts in religious law, some of you that volunteer at the temple, People just like you came up, saw him, and walked away and did not help him. But the people that you despise, the people that you think that you are better than, the people that you refer to as dogs, that guy, that most despised person, the scum of the earth type of person, that person came over and as an example, Jesus used him as an example to teach these experts how to love and how to be generous. Imagine the tension in the air. So real quickly, let me go back to my three points. We always ask ourselves, who is the audience? What is the context? And number three, we, we, number three, we ask ourselves, why is it even mentioned? How does, how does this relate to me? What do I need to know about this? Is there a life application principle where the Holy Spirit is challenging me to change and to conform to his spirit? Is there something here? And for the rest of, of my message, I want to answer this question because I believe that there is an obvious lesson that we can see on the surface about love and compassion, but I want to explore this parable within the lens of generosity. What did this Samaritan do to exemplify generosity? I want to answer that question with, with what does generosity do? And how does generosity act? Because generosity doesn't just 
say something, it does something, right? For, for God so loved the world that he told us that he loved us. That's not what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave, okay? So what does generosity do? What does it look like when approached with the needs of others? So let's, let's continue in Luke, the 10th chapter, and let's go to the 33rd verse. It says, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he what? He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil, wine, and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm in town. Jesus says this, now which of these three would you say was his neighbor to the man who asked, who, who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So once again, what does generosity do? What does it look like? Number one, according to this passage, generosity feels. Generosity feels. Luke 10 and 33 says, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion. He felt compassion. Generosity feels. What does it feel? It feels compassion. Generosity is sensitive. What is a feeling? A feeling is, is a sense. It, it is sensitive to the needs of others. It feels something for people that are hurting. Uh, can I ask you a question? What do you do when you are exposed? Or what? I'm sorry, not what do you do. What do you feel when you are exposed to people in need? What is your feeling when you are exposed to a need of others? I'm not asking you what you do. We'll talk about that here in just a second. I'm just saying... When you are approached by someone in need, when somebody that you know needs something, when, 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 what, is, what, is your, what is your initial feeling? How does it make you feel? Do you feel annoyed? Do you feel concerned? I'm, I'm asking you this because I struggle with this myself, okay? I, sometimes I think, you know what, I'd like to, I'd like to go into town, I'd like to drive up to a street corner. And, and, and can I be very transparent? I, sometimes I feel guilty because I don't have a buck in, in my pocket or something. But I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about how you feel, all right? And I, I, if I feel annoyed, I immediately combat that. Travis, why do you feel that way? What makes you, what makes you feel that way? Do you feel unconcerned? That's a feeling that we can... Do you feel... Do you feel awkward? Do you feel uncomfortable? Let me ask you something. Some of us are, you might be going to shopping in town. That's a, that's a weird concept. Shop at a store. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying it showing up. The next day. Um, how do you feel when you walk up to a store and they're ringing one of those little bells, the Salvation Army is out there. Somebody's volunteering their tent. How does that make you feel? Oh, we're going to go over on this door over here. Wrong door. How do you feel? All right? I'm just, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about your actions. I'm just saying, what is your initial 
feeling when approached by need. What is, what is your initial feeling for Love Gives Month? Hey, we're kicking off Love Gives. We're going to give everybody the opportunity to give bikes. We're going to give people the opportunity to share finances and, and buy bikes. We're going to give people the opportunity to give away coats and shoes and whatever you want. We're going to give people the opportunity to give their time. What is your feeling about October the 25th when we start saying that? Here we go. Baby, we're not going to be able to come to church for the next month. We're going to dip out of this. COVID, COVID's really bad. We got to stick around, you know. How do you feel when we ask you to give shoes? How do you feel when we ask you to bring coats? How do you feel when we ask you to buy bikes for kids? What do you, what do you feel? Earlier, how did it make you feel when we said, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to give to ministry financially. You're going to, yeah, you're giving to God, but you're giving to the church because this is God's mission, all the things that we got going. Right now, we're going to give you an opportunity to uh, give to ministry. We believe in giving 10% uh, according to the scripture. I don't want to get into all that, but we believe in doing that. All right, let's all take this moment to give. How does that make you feel? Does it make you feel uncomfortable at offering time? Jesus addressed how we feel. How about this? When someone calls on you that's hurting, that's struggling with sin, for the fifth time, they've messed up again. And all of their friends have left them for dead. How does that make you feel? What is your initial feeling? You know what? As, even as a pastor, all of us, we have to keep our compassion in check, don't we? Yes. Right? We have to keep our compassion in check. The next time you're approached with need, with somebody around you, somebody you love, somebody that you don't know, the next time you see something, check your feeling. Whether you help them or not, check how it makes you feel and take that moment to let the Holy Spirit do a work in your life. Amen? Number two, generosity acts. Generosity, generosity has certain actions. Generosity ministers to the other. And Luke 10 and 34 says, Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Generosity not only feels something, it does something, right? It, you know, the, the Bible talks about faith without works, that if somebody is in need, you said, Go with God, be healed and be fed. You know, that really doesn't do any good. Generosity does something, and it acts. At Faith Co., we value service. We say this a lot. Saved people serve people. Say that with me. Saved people serve people. We believe because of a generous God with all he's done for us, our response to what he has done and what he has given in our lives, there's a really good chance that you're here because somebody invited you. Maybe you're here because somebody ministered to you in your time of need, in your time of emotional need. Maybe somebody talked to you. Somebody, somebody did something in your life in response to what God has done in your life through other people. We believe that God wants us to act. The Samaritan responded differently. Notice this. In this story, the Samaritan responded differently than the other people. I wonder why. I got to thinking why this Samaritan was different. I believe, that, I believe that he had a different story. Is it possible that he had a different story? Could it be possible that this Samaritan had been through a similar situation in his life? 
And, and maybe he knew that if he ever was able to help somebody. That, why do I think it's because it, that's usually how people that have been through something, that's usually how they act. I mean, have you ever been through something in your life that, man, it, you felt like you were left for dead? <laughs> you felt like that there was nobody around and you said to yourself, if I, if I ever see somebody that's going through this situation in my life, if I ever see or meet somebody that's going through a, a, a similar situation, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Have you ever felt that way? Why is that? Because that's, that's empathy. That's, that isn't just sympathy. That isn't just a feeling. Empathy is the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Why can you do that? How can you do that? Because you have been through something. You can always tell about people who have been through some tough times in your life because they're the people that are there when you go through your tough times. They're the people that, that stick around when you blow it. Well, you're going through a tough, you're, you know, you, sometimes we go through tough times because of things that have happened to us. Sometimes we go through tough times because we're just stupid, right? Well, the people that have gone through tough times, they don't care if you're hurting. They don't care if you've been abandoned. They don't care if you've acted stupid. They're just there. Remember this, when you're helping people in life, it's not so much what you say as much as it is that you stay, right? It's, I mean, a lot of people, they say, say man, I just, I just didn't, I didn't, I've talked to people that have, that, that have watched people go through things and they say, well, I just didn't, I just didn't know what to do. You know why? Because you ain't never been through nothing. <laughs> you know how I know people have been through, they know what to do. And the big thing is, is, is they stick around when you're going through something. You know what I'm talking about. And I want to challenge you to be that kind of person when you see your friend going through something, when you see your family going, when, when everybody leaves them for dead, be different. Be like the good Samaritan says, I don't care what he's done. I don't care what she's done. I don't care what she's been through. I'm going to be there for this person and I'm going to minister to this person. Amen? Amen. Number three, Generosity sacrifices. It sacrifices its, its own comfort. Luke 10 and 34 says, then he put the man on his own donkey. What's that from? I, I always say that. Okay, he says, when I, he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Now check this out. The very fact that this man had a, a donkey meant that he was successful. This was his, his ride. This was his, this was his Bentley, okay? This, this was a, a, a nice ride for him. So, but what he did, he actually got off his donkey, and he put, the, he put the, the, the Jewish man on there, and he led him. How many of you know that there's no passenger side of a donkey ride, right? So he actually had to lead him along, and he walked the rest of the way. Here's the deal. Generosity can sometimes cause discomfort. Why? Because true generosity is sacrificial. It says, I'm going to put my comfort, and I'm going to put my agenda aside to help this person. Well, it's going to mean that you're going to, you're going to suffer a little bit of loss. It's going to cost you something. That's what true generosity feels like. And here's the deal. For people that are generous, generous here's, what, here's, what, here's the way we got to feel. Hey, the payoff is worth the price. Jesus said the payoff was worth the price when he says that it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. The, when we are generous, we understand that concept. The payoff is worth the price. And here's another thing. We were created to be fulfilled through sacrificial generosity. 
That is a part of your DNA. There is a part of your spirit that can only be fulfilled through sacrificial giving. Think about it for a second. Let me, let me just compare it to something that we all understand as parents. How many of you this week, you sacrificially did something for your kids? And they didn't thank you. They never acknowledge it. It was just something that you do as routine. And, and, and did, you, did you put it on a list? Did you, did you bill them for that? Did you bill them for that? I think we should. I think we should keep a running tab. And when they, and, and, you know, and when, when they get to be about 30 years old, let's just give them the bill. <laughs> no, you gladly do that. You gladly do that. You gladly do their laundry. You gladly feed them and cook for them. You do that because sacrificial generosity is a part of your DNA. But see, for this, imagine this. Imagine when we open up our sacrificial generosity to those people who are not like us. What about it to a stranger? Because that's what stands out in this story. What, what if we love the way the Samaritan loved? What if we were generous like the Samaritan did? He did this for a stranger. Because tr true generosity is sacrificial. Lastly, generosity goes the extra mile. It says this, the 35th verse says, The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. As if the Samaritan had not done enough, he says, I'll cover whatever else happens in your future. That's interesting. Let me know if there's anything else. Because if I haven't, you know, I, he stayed a day and ministered to him. Spent the night, the next day, went over, paid for, his, paid for this guy to stay a couple more days, and then said, hey, listen, if there's anything else that this guy needs, keep a running bill on it, and I'll take care of it. Think about that for a second. Generos, generosity doesn't do the minimum, right? Sacrificial, godly generosity. And that's what I want to challenge myself in Faith Code Church, we don't, we don't do the minimum type of generosity. We don't do the tax-deductible, allowable amount only, right? Oh, I, I get the tax deduction, okay? But, I, but as, as, as a follower of Christ, I want to challenge myself to go above and beyond the minimum standard. It doesn't say, hey, what is the least I can do for you? Hey, think about somebody saying that to you in your time of need. Hey, I just want to know something. What is the least that I can give to you? Well I, well, I guess, you know, not much. Well, what is, I know that you need some help and you're in a bad place in your life, but what is the least thing that I can do for you? How can I serve you the least? God, what is the least amount that I can serve you in my life? A lot of times I believe that we so nonchalantly have that attitude, but that's not the example given to us. See, true generosity, what it does it goes further than expected. It does more than expected, and it seeks to do anything else. You know, I want to close with this. Jesus showed in the actions, or Jesus showed in the actions of this story that generosity is something that we do. It's something that we live it's something that we pursue. And I also believe that this parable is prophetic in nature. I think that Jesus had a little bit of a prophetic agenda to this. Why? Because we can see that this is exactly what Jesus did 
when he gave himself. It's kind of like Jesus, when he gave his life, he says, whatever it takes to save you, that's what I'll do. And if that's not enough, then I'll give everything that I can give. And that was his life. God the Father loved us so much that he gave I mean, think about, maybe I could, think about as a parent, I could give my life easier than I could give my, my son's life, my only son's life. But that's what God the Father has done. Hey, I'll give you everything that you need. And if that's not enough, enough, I'll give you my very, very best. I'll give you everything that I've got. That is what God has done for us, whatever it takes. And my vision for Faith Co. Church, next week, during our love gives and over the next season of this is that we will be prepared to act in generosity. That we will, or that we are so generous that we not only minister to people and minister in this community, but we go above and beyond. That we, that we, that we exemplify this kind of generosity. Hey, if there's something I can, I can do for you, if there's something that you need, you let me know. If there's anything else, I can help you today. But if there's anything else that I can do, you let me know because I want to take care of that need. What if we had that kind of generosity and that kind of attitude at Faith Go Church? Well, Travis, you don't understand. I can't do that for everyone. Listen, I can't do that for everyone, but I can sure do that for someone. Right? The Samaritan, the good Samaritan didn't save the world. That's Jesus' job. He didn't save the world. He saved one person. So what you wish you could do for the entire world and what you could do for the whole community of Sean, can you do that for one person? Amen? What if we could do that for one person? Because he did that for one person, he made an eternal difference that tells a story that we are telling today 2,000 years later. Amen? What if in this season of Love Gives, we ministered to families, whether through Bikes for Kids, whether through the things that we give here today, whether through the missionary families that we're going to introduce to you next week, whether through children of, that we sponsor through the Hope House, and I'm going to be showing you pictures next week. What if through our generosity, what if it was proven through our actions, how we gave and we served others? That's my challenge and that's my desire for Faith Code Church. If you believe that, say amen. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today through your word. Thank you, Lord, that, that you loved us so much that you showed us by giving your son. And Lord, today we talk about our response. What is our response to that? We give our lives. We give our lives to you. And I pray, Lord, if if there are people here today that have not given their lives today, that they will as a response to a generous, loving God. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, maybe you're here and this is an area in your life that, that you need to grow. Maybe God is challenging you right now in the area of generosity. What does that look like? Maybe before this service, you never even really thought about that, but now God is causing a holy discontent in your life that, that there's got to be a change. I want to tell you, respond to what the Holy Spirit might be wanting to say to you today. If you're watching us online, respond to what God might want to be saying to you today, what is, whatever that looks like. 
I want to pray with you right now about that. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here, every person that's watching us online, that we respond to the generosity that you have shown in our lives, whatever that looks like. However we need to serve, however we need to give, Lord, that that we won't stay where we are, but we rise to the challenge of a generous body. Lord, because of your generosity, because of what you have given and what you have called us to be, Lord, we are generous. That is our goal. So speak to every individual. Speak to every family that we practice sacrificial generosity. It's not about an amount. It's about a heart. It's about a feeling of compassion. It's about an action. It's about doing something in response to what our Lord has asked and exemplified in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I want to pray one more prayer. We always like to end our service with this. But if you don't know Jesus, he's not Lord and Savior of your life. If you're watching us online and you don't know Jesus and he's not Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're here in the house, listen, we, we don't ask people to stand. We're not going to ask you to walk the aisles or anything like that. We just want you to pray and give your life to Christ. In the house, I'd like to know if there's somebody here that I'm praying for. So with nobody looking around, just between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, I don't know Jesus, but I'm going to pray that prayer with you because today I want to get right with the Lord. If that's you, quickly put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? I see your hand over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to know that I'm praying for, for, for people today. So anybody else? Real quickly, let me know. Okay. Okay. If you're watching us online, Pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray together. And if that's you, pray this prayer and mean it. Give your life to Christ. Let's all pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life, to take my life and use it for your cause. Forgive me for all of my sins. And wash me clean and whole by your grace. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys. Let's welcome people into the house. Thank you for a great message, Pastor Travis. Um, Guys, go ahead and stand with me. Stretch out your legs. If you gave your life to Christ today, that's just the best decision that you're ever going to make. And um, we want to we help you with next steps on your new journey um, with Christ. So uh, if you'll text SAVE to the number on the screen, we'll send you some resources and some information on what to do next, what your next steps are. In addition to that, again, if you're new to Faith Co., we've got some next steps for you. You can text WELCOME to the number on the screen to just get connected. You can text GROUP to join one of our uh, connect groups, and you can text GROWTH TRACK um, or GT to that number to get signed up for GROWTH TRACK. Don't forget to drop off your coat in the foyer. Um, and just a couple more things that, that uh, need to be on you guys as radar. Obviously, next week is our Love Gives offering, um, so make sure that you bring your best offering for that. For um, This is the offering that supports all of our missions. Obviously, you can give to missions throughout the year, but this is kind of our big push for it. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but those of you that give to missions support nine kids 
Um, we, we pay for nine kids' entire, entire life over in um, Africa. Um, there's a lot of missions that we do, but I, that's kind of on my heart right now because we, uh, we got to meet them over in the living room. They're gonna be here next week um, and you can walk up and talk to them. You can meet a couple of the people that uh, help run Hope House. And then in addition to that, we have, we have new photos of the kids that you guys support. Um, in addition to that, Bikes for Kids is December 18th. We're really, really excited about it. Um, we, just as much as we need people to support and uh, buy bikes, we also need people who are going to be boots on the ground for Bikes for Kids. So make sure you block off December 18th. I believe we have a sign-up sheet over at Faithco Info uh, for you to get signed up for Bikes for Kids. But make sure that you hurry up and sign so that we can start assigning a dream team for that. It's a very, very organized process. So the earlier you sign up, the better. Uh, Faithco Christmas is December 19th. We have a really special Sunday planned for you that day. Um, so make sure that you plan to be here December 19th at 10 a.m. Um, Faith Coast Students is Wednesday at 623, and that's, that's all I got for you guys. Got a lot, don't want to throw too many announcements at you. Um, let me say a quick blessing over your life, and then we'll let you go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you, and may he show you his favor and give you his peace. And everyone said? You guys have a great week.